welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your 3-3 three and three host, Vice President Kamara Harris, a.k.a. Daniel Kite, back with you for another week to recap Week 6's action, look ahead to Week 7, uh, and try and make our way through the uh, the minefields that is the current injury situation of the NFL. There's a lot going on, uh, and we need to start parsing through it all and navigating through that. Uh, before I introduce our guest this week, I will quickly recap the action if you haven't checked your fantasy apps already, although I'm sure we have. We had Fields of Wet Dreams getting up to 500, knocking off the Chief Chasers, 115 to 92. We had Obi John Kenobi continuing to steamroll the league, knocking off Bag of Mixon, 125 to 98. We had D Hop sigh, finally, maybe getting a reason not to sigh, as he knocked off the lowly Spitting Llamas. 112 to 67. We had Anal Beer and Kittles, whose team name may need to change now after uh, a recent trade here. Uh, had him completely destroy Andre's team, Show Me the Mooney. Uh, 125 65. You hate to see it. You, you truly do. You had the second worst drafted team knocking off uh, the, the early contender here that we had, Sony Side Up. We had Paul coming out on top, 128. 2103, and then I myself uh, having a, a poor defeat, a poor exercise in management here, but all credit to the stack of Stafford and Cup on Tony's team. Team Tony knocks off Vice President Kamara Harris 117 to 101. Interesting scores. Only really the, the two blowouts there between uh, Mikey and Andre. We might explore that in a little bit. Uh, but today we've kind of bucked the trend from the past few weeks where we, we've typically had, uh, on the past few weeks, guests who are coming off big wins or guests that are, you know, sitting atop the power rankings. And uh, today we uh, we don't quite have that as much. We have someone who has, uh, you know, been placed in the middle of the road here, did, coming off a bit of a rough week. But, you know, we need to have the highs and the lows in this podcast. And so uh, graciously joining me today on the Monday Morning Tears cast First time on this season, we've got Bag of Mixin manager, Kimbert Quesada. Kimbert, how are you doing today? Not well. And that introduction, <laughs> pretty, much, that introduction pretty much kind of sums it up. So. <laughs> oh, come on. It wasn't that, it's not like you even had a bad week. I think you just kind of ran into a, a strong team there. It's not... Uh, too much to go to be too upset about there but why, why don't you maybe tell us a bit about your week like what was maybe disappointing to you what was exciting to you from uh, your team's performance tell us a little bit about the week that was I mean John's ranking I'd say it's definitely well learned like he's the top of the of the league for a reason I mean he's got like all these stack players on his team so give full credit to him for that one on my end, on the on my end, is definitely poor management on my part. Because um, a lot of my team, my players who scored the better, a lot of my bench did score much higher than um, the ones I started. So not a good. Uh, I'm not a good week. Danny's 
point there, though. Like, Danny had mentioned that there's no one on your bench that he would have started over the guys on your bench. And I, I agree with that. Like, you're never starting Kenyon Drake over uh, Austin Eckler. You're never going to start K.J. Osborne over or Mike Williams. Like, that's, that, that's just, uh, you know, that would be insanity. Yeah, no, to- totally. I, I get that. Um, but it's... At the same time, it kind of makes you feel good that to know that at least my like bench still has that capability, despite like you know being a bunch of players who are let's say like towards the end of their careers and whatnot. So right, I think that's the silver lining on that. Yeah, I think there definitely is silver lining there. I think Mixon's big game is a really nice silver lining to see him uh, not only just getting the majority of the rushing touches, but also starting to make his way back into the passing game as well. You know, for the rest up since week one, he's only had one or two targets a week. And then this week he comes out with six targets uh, and even converts a one of those receptions into a touchdown. Uh, That's that's the mix in that I think a lot of folks thought was going to come out and people hoped would, uh, you know, provide that top 10 RB value. Um, I think that's got to be really encouraging to see there. Uh, and then just like the, the Chargers, that that was a wonky week for you. You, you must have been frustrated watching the Chargers game or seeing the updates from the Chargers game. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was, um, I mean, those are like my bread and butter guys. And then they kind of just went on to red. So that was not a good week um, for them. I mean, Justin Herbert did this week too, so... And it's just hard to feel that bad when you're running into uh, Derrick Henry every week uh, and when you just run into three touchdowns. It feels like Derrick Henry is almost guaranteed like 25 points a week, which is an insane thing to say for, you know, non-Christian McCaffrey-type players. Like, and he's, he's barely doing any receptions. He's just rushing it. Like, we're talking about it in the group chat. Like, Derrick Henry is just fucking unconscious this year. It's insane what he has been able to do. He's he's uh he's he's OP. He's all like Adrian Peterson from like on his good days. Yeah, exactly. If not stronger, because I mean, like just oh, he's, this, he's just a big boy, man. He is a thick boy. He is he is the definition of a thick little five boy. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's your matchup. I know you t- had a chance to take a look at the power rankings. Uh, was there any kind of major agreements or disagreements you had when you took a look there? I, I, I was a little bit disappointed to uh, not see the butthurt make its way into the group chat, which makes me think maybe I got things right here. Um, but maybe you can tell me tell me differently here. Are you, are you upset to see yourself at sixth? Or, or do you think that's too high, too low? Or is anyone else too high or too low? Well, my power ranking, I think it's a little bit, honestly, I think it's probably a little generous. I'd probably put myself a little lower than that. Um, See, my, my rationale for that is is that I don't expect Eckler and Mike Williams to put up ten combined points the rest of the way. And when I mean, granted, you you know you're down Russell Wilson, fair enough. But like that kind of Joe Mixon game is not, I think, a huge outlier. And if anything, I, th- I think DJ Moore probably underperformed this week as well, and Derek Carr probably hit about average. So I, I really feel like it was just those two players that underperformed, and then even DJ Moore underperformed too. Like you know, he had 13 targets and was only able to catch five of them. I, I that that Carolina uh, Minnesota game was a bit of a gong show, but I mean that's that's still encouraging to me. There's still a lot of signs on your team that I think are positive. Yeah, 100. I think Mixon is like. He's a usually a consistently good player, 
right? I mean, he may have had like a few odd weeks or so, but I mean, I think he will always produce. Um, I'm very happy that, yeah, I'm very happy they picked up uh, Carr to be honest, and and dropped um, what's his face, Mac Jones, because that was not a good draft pick for me. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of which, it's time for you to defend Mike Gesecki in the sixth round. Tell us what the fuck you were thinking taking Mike Gesecki in the sixth round. I have no defense to that. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Is it? Oh, that's even worse now. <laughs> uh, and I even I don't even I've even started him now that you think about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I said it right after the draft, and I'm saying it here today. It's still the worst draft pick that was uh, made in our draft. Uh, so I, 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 I send shame towards you all the way from the West Coast. Yeah, I can, I can feel that. I mean, like, I think I've offered you to him at one point, and I think you just laughed at my face. So, Yeah, I did, because it was, it, was, uh, it was deservedly so. Yeah, fair. <laughs> and, and full disclosure too I'm, I'm talking up Mixon because Mixon is a guy that I was trying to get away from you for a long time because I'm really high on Mixon as well but uh, I think you smartly uh, didn't budge on those uh, those offers so I, uh, I yeah. give kudos to you for that yeah I had a lot of offers from Mixon and um, what's his face and Robinson oh Robinson oh. right yeah yeah, like at least like three guys. I think you, Andre, and Mikey offered something. And maybe even Danny, I'm not sure. This keeps my mind. And to be honest, I probably should have traded him given the terrible fucking... Justin Fields situation. Yo, man, like I was hoping that the kid was like produced, but that's not been the case, so... Yeah, and yeah. it's it's been half him and half that coaching staff as well. Like I I I didn't watch a lot of that Bears Packers game, but I think there were what tw- there was two times where Fields just straight up like chucked the ball into the end zone from like forty yards away where no receivers were even close. And I think one time it was intercepted, and the second time it was almost intercepted. And it's like, what the fuck are you thinking, bud? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, it's just like, it's just a weird situation out there in Chicago with a team that should be doing quite a bit better uh, with its offense, with all the tools they have. But uh, yeah, I feel like Robinson's value might just be too low to even move him now. It just might be smart to to wait for him to hit big in one week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's see. Look, let's actually look at his schedule coming up. Uh, what do they have next? So they have Tampa next and San Fran. Tampa's a pretty decent matchup. I mean, I know everyone's like scared of the Tampa defense, uh, and that front seven could probably uh, cause nightmares for Justin Fields. But I mean, they have no cornerbacks left. Like, I could probably walk on and play cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> that could be a potential, uh, you know, good matchup for him. Uh, maybe. Isn't Sherman in uh, Tampa? Yeah, but he got injured now too, and he was like a scrub on the. Uh, he was like a free agent scrub that they just picked up because like their top three cornerbacks were injured. That's true. So like I, they've I, uh, they've been so really healthy. Yeah, there's so many injuries this week I couldn't even fucking figure it out. I was hoping that like Derrick Henry was going to be one of the injuries this week <laughs> to kind of give me a chance, but that wasn't the case. I know. I, I, I feel like the second Derrick Henry, if he does go down, uh, I don't even know what will happen. Like, I feel like 
the fantasy season might just be canceled at that point. It's just like there's there, there's just going to be this huge gap in points, and I don't know if anyone will know what to do with it. It's kind of a kind of a crazy how how well he's producing and all the injuries that we've been seeing happen. Well, I'm like kind of hoping that it might happen, so at least gives uh, everyone else a chance. You know, kind of knock down uh, John a few um few spots. I mean, um, it's not going to happen, but, you know. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you remember, like, I don't know if you watched X Men a lot growing up, but he he strikes me as almost like a mix between like um, Juggernaut or like Colossus, just like a dude who's like completely invincible and seems like borderline unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, you think like someone like like him, like if he goes down, he's gonna get hurt, but I mean, it's just one big pile of muscle, so. Like he he doesn't even have muscle. Like he just has like like cast iron steel instead of like bones. And I just feel like he'll never get injured. Yeah, I mean, now, hopefully he said that the uh, the podcast curse will get him and he'll uh, tear his ACL. But let's let's hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, were there were there anyone else in the power rankings there that you had a uh, you know a, a feeling on, or did you feel like the rest of it looked uh, fairly appropriate? Um. I think it's pretty even. I'm super like it was a good call that you put like Mikey's team at the bottom. Like honestly, like <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's gonna hate me for that, but I mean, like the like. I mean, I've already called my shot there. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I I had a question for every single uh, team, and and my question for Mikey was, who is he gonna take first overall next year? Uh, because it's, I mean, granted, there's there's a long season left, but it's uh. It's looking real dire uh, for the mm-hmm. for the spitting llamas down there. What was I think Paul was saying uh, last week? How Mikey could go from toilet bowl to champion to toilet bowl this year and just yo yo up and down like that'll that'll be impressive if it does happen. And I'm kind of here for it. And I'm I'm hoping I can pile on the pain this week. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and I think quiz it. Chris, I think he should be a little bit higher up there than number eight, to be honest. I, I don't disagree, but, like, it's just the volatility there, like, the the ups and downs of that Chiefs offense and the supporting cast is just a little bit too much for me to put now a lot of faith in. Because, like, I, I even said this in my question, too. Like, both Mahomes, I think, now is, like, the number two quarterback. Kelsey is still the number one tight end. And I think uh, Tyreek Hill is the number three or four wide receiver. But, like, I don't know why. It doesn't feel like it. Like, they're not dominating in the way that they really did, uh, you know, for the past couple seasons. And I think that's overall hurting uh, Chris's team. Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I think they were hoping to go undefeated. Now they're, like, barely getting, like, a point five. so... Yeah, they're fighting for the playoffs. I mean, they'll make the playoffs. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. And you know, uh, maybe this is the the bulletin board material the rest of them need. But uh, I, I think there's there's still great bets. All three of those guys to finish at the very least top five, more likely top three in all their positions. But for something, it just still just feels off. It, like the perception on it feels kind of weird. Um, I'm not really sure what it is either. Well, but, uh, they're coming back like. Like more about Chris's team, actually, I just noticed that like he has six starters that's gonna have the same like bye week. 
week 12 because Arizona's got the same uh, week 12 bye, same as Kansas. So I think, I mean, that's a long, well, it's a long time from now. And I know Chris has always been a pretty good manager, but I mean, that's a lot of moving around parts, right? Yeah, and we talked about this too uh, when John was on the podcast. He gets the benefit from that because John faces him in uh, week 12. So that's the uh, the rich getting richer in that case. <laughs> Top 1% again. Honestly, eat the rich. That's what I say. Uh, so, going. Thinking about eating the rich. Uh, no, that's, that's a bad segue. Uh, but um, let's think think about some of the matchups that happened in this past week. Uh, you know, beyond your own where you lost to uh, John there. Uh, is there any matchup that stuck out to you as kind of having an interesting result? Like any uh, any interesting trends showing up? Any team? Is there was there a team that sh- uh, that's performance this week? maybe made you uh, worried about how strong they are? Or was there a team you saw that made you think, well, maybe they're a pretender. Maybe they're not worth uh, worrying too much about. I think, honestly, this season, surprisingly, it's Paul. Like <laughs> I love how numbers. no one can ever just say Paul has a good team. It's always prefaced with surprisingly or out of nowhere or I didn't think it would happen, but like no one can ever just give Paul praise. There always has to be a qualifier, which I know has to eat him alive. Hundred percent. I mean, like, where the hell did he come from? He's had like a few terrible years, and you know, but like, hey, he's he's five and one, and he's got like he's had a pretty like convincing victory against uh, was it Steve, right? Yeah, who was another guy who we were identifying as a contender uh, early yeah. on here. And despite like Lamar Jackson's like subpar performance, I think like Paul's team's like doing really well for himself. Yeah, it looks really good now that some asshole traded him James Robinson and Jamar Chase. Uh, that's uh, that that team is looking nice and spicy after that. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think this is a team that's built for a for a playoff run. It's looking it's looking really good for Paul. I'm I'm right there with you. And I, I, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring up Andre's team because we talked him up a little bit uh, last week, and I always like to uh, you know was I trying to reverse jinx him a little bit in this matchup? Definitely, uh, and it was just kind of really nice to see because, uh, especially I mean it's I don't like seeing injuries. I don't want guys to be injured, but uh, yeah. Antonio Gibson having you know potentially like a stress fracture in one of his legs. Uh, after that's what everyone kind of thought might happen to him at the beginning of the year. And after Andre making a bet with me that Antonio Gibson would finish as a top five running back in fantasy this year, um, I I can't help but feel a little bit of gratification for that because even though I probably won't win the league this year, uh, I'm going to at least win that bet. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that at this point. Uh, So I can maybe just transfer the... The two four that I might owe Danny for our uh, El- Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara bets. I can just get Danny to, s- I can get Andre to send uh, Danny a two four instead. Less less shipping, just uh, staying staying in Oakville versus trying to ship across Canada. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I don't trust the Washington football team in general, to be honest. Yeah, they're they're interesting. Like Heineke is like an interesting kind of wild card of a quarterback. It's funny. Like I feel like. They, they picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I feel like they almost have, like, 20 years ago Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. Like, I get the same energy from him. 
yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know who Heineke was until, like, pretty much earlier this week, right? Yeah, he's he, he was around at the end of last year because they were having injuries with, like, Alex Smith and their other quarterbacks, and he, like, fared reasonably well. Uh, but, you know, he's got some legs on him. He can kind of chuck the ball, and, you know, he has a decent connection with uh, Terry McLaurin there. But again, like has those ups and downs, can be turnover prone. He's just again, he's he's fits magic, but I think, you know, eighteen years younger. Yeah, well, I'm gonna touch on that now, because man, who's got Heineke? Is it um is it Mikey? Uh Mikey's got him right now, yes. Yeah, Along with right. uh Ryan Tannehill. What the hell's Mikey's back uh, quarterback situation? <laughs> I mean, most teams don't even have a backup quarterback, but uh, I would argue that both of Mikey's quarterbacks uh, are basically backup quarterbacks <laughs> at this point. Like, none of those guys are... I think Tannehill has definitely been disappointing this year. I think I, I had high hopes on Tannehill, and I think a lot of folks did yeah. too. But uh, they're really just not throwing the ball. <laughs> and Derek Henry yeah, yeah. is just running it down people's throats. Yeah, exactly. Because they like again, like I didn't even know who Heineke was, and then Tannehill has just been very on and off, more more often on. And yeah, they're just relying heavily on the running game this time around, and uh, I think that's a room for improvement for Mikey. Yeah, I mean, uh, he should probably do it. I don't know. I'm not usually a big fan of trading for quarterbacks. Uh, it's not a game plan that I tend to advocate for. And frankly, I don't think Mikey has the depth right now to try and trade for a quarterback because uh, usually you can piece together parts and make it happen. I, I think I did that last year with you when I traded for Tom Brady. Like I was able to give you a couple depth pieces that I didn't really need and have Tom Brady start in the playoffs, which I think is a, a perfectly fine, reasonable move to make. But I don't think Mikey has that depth. I think he did well, like towards the end of the season too. So I think like, it paid off for you for the trade. Exactly. So like, and that kind of trade, like that's where that's where it works. I mean, that was last year. I think I was still rocking Carson Wentz for like half the year. So like, I definitely wasn't going to run into the playoffs with Carson Wentz. Uh, no, I'm mean, right. barely hanging on as, as it is. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I feel like I don't know if I'll ever be able to quit Carson Wentz. I think even like two years down the road. Hell, I don't even know. I got Josh Allen sitting this week. I think I may have to go find Carson Wentz and start him. I feel like he and I are just, like, bonded together for the rest of eternity. I mean, I can't talk shit about that because, I mean, look at me and Russell Wilson. I've had him for, like, four or five years now. Yeah, but at least you got connected to, like, a good player. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, trust, I wouldn't trust Carson Wentz with my groceries, so. Yeah, that's that's a fair. Uh, that's fair. I can't argue that. Um, I'm trying to think. I was looking around to see if there are any like kind of new developing storylines amongst players this week. And other than the massive wave of RB injuries that we're still in, I feel like there's not too much that was interesting really to talk about this week. Uh, a little bit close to home, maybe. I was looking at Cooper Cup and. Frankly, I thought it was disrespectful <laughs> what uh, the Rams did to uh, the Giants this week. They, they didn't need to keep throwing it to Cooper Cup. They didn't need to run up the score and uh, force him to uh, make me lose my fantasy week. I thought it was disrespectful. Um, but, I mean, I was never a big believer in Cooper Cup. I thought the, the regression hammer was going to come down, but... We're six weeks in. Cooper Cup is, I think, pretty comfortably wide receiver one here. Um, 
I don't know. What do you, I, what's your sense of that uh, Rams offense? Do you think Cooper Cup stays as like a top five wide receiver this year, or do you think the uh, the, the hammer is coming and uh, regression comes for us all? I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I, I know Cup's name has been mentioned like a whole almost every game. Like he's, he's getting a lot of praise, but I think I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. It's a lot of touchdowns. It's seven touchdowns already this year, and that's that's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it's good that he's getting that um, connection with Stafford now. But, yeah, I don't know how that's – it's hard to say, to be honest with you. I mean, of I'm, not course, a big fan yeah. of the, I'm not a big fan of the Rams, but I do have their defense, so I'm hoping that that will um, continue. I mean, they had a really great week, so. Yeah. And it's, it's not like the Rams necessarily have like a ton of amazing defenses that they're going to face the rest of the way either. Like I'm just looking at it right now. They they have Baltimore in the championship week, which may be problematic uh, for Cup. But again, he just gets so much volume. But like the rest of the way, there are no particularly good pass defenses that they face. So it's a, a yeah. definite possibility he stays in that top five. I think. Okay. I mean, fair enough. I don't. I don't like it because it would mean that I was wrong <laughs> from from my early yeah. season predictions. But it's uh, just with the softness of that schedule and the clear connection Matt Stafford has, and apparently the clear uh, "fuck it, we're we're going deep" attitude that Sean McVay is going even in blowouts. Uh, I think that that bodes well for the Rams moving forward. It's funny about your week that you had. Like you had like. Both the starting quarterbacks and their star receivers, like both in the same teams. Like you had Allen and Stephon Diggs, and then who's it? Tony had Stafford and um, Cup. So I feel like we're seeing more of that this year than I feel like we have in previous leagues. Where uh, I don't think we did as we had as many teams that like stacked up that way. But this year, I feel like we have a significant number of teams, like myself, uh, Tony. Chris, even with obviously with the Chiefs stack, and I feel like there's a few others out there, like you even having the not not like the the Herbert stack, but you having the connection between Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. I feel like we're seeing, I feel like we're seeing a lot of teams this year like have p- position players or quarterback stacks uh, with specific teams this year, which you know is is an interesting yeah. strategy in and of itself. But uh, yeah, well, curious to look out at. Let me tell you that that was not a strategy. I just kind of picked them so. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, look, I'm trying to give you a little bit of credit here and act like you have strategy. So, um, yeah, I'm about like as useful as uh, Chris Collinsworth. Okay. Oh, that's. Uh, I think you're. That's. Let's not sell yourself too short there, bud. I mean, let's. It's Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> let's not uh, go that far. He had, he had no idea how important Russell Wilson was. Like, yeah, I mean. I, I love the idea that people could think that, like, the Seahawks could operate as normal with uh, Geno Smith as, as the quarterback, as if, like, Geno Smith hasn't been a failed backup, let alone a failed starter, uh, for a good long while. I, I totally forgot he was even on the fucking league still, to be honest. Yeah. And He's, then... like, one of those, like, Robert Griffin guys, or, like, one of those, like, um... Like I, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I know is the backup in Buffalo, but I mainly just know that because of Josh Allen. But like, just all these failed like first round QBs that just disappear into the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's yeah. let's look at the waiver wire here. It's uh, 
it's a bit of a dire week on the waiver wire. Uh, just with the uh, all, most of us, we're, our league is pretty good at picking up pretty much every available running back possible. Uh, so it's not like there's much on the waiver wire there. But we do have some interesting quarterback and some interesting wide receiver options there. And this might be an interesting question for you, Kimbert, because uh, as a guy who's probably going to be either sticking with Carr or maybe even streaming quarterbacks the rest of the way, uh, on waivers this week we've got Tua Tagovailoa against uh, Atlanta. And then on this counterpart we have Matt Ryan against the Dolphins. And then we even have Jameis Winston uh, coming up against the Seahawks, whose defense, frankly, is looking like trash. Um, are any of those off? Are any of those quarterbacks there, um, you know, intriguing to you over a Derek Carr? Sorry, intriguing over Derek Carr? Like, yeah, not for me personally. I think I'm I'm happy with Carr right now, and I think he's pretty consistent. Like usually hitting like low 20s so like it can really maybe yeah um, that's, fair, that's fair enough because like car has been quite good this year uh so it uh, maybe you wouldn't want to move on from that but for for a guy like me who is going to need to start a quarterback this week because uh josh allen is on by if you were in my shoes would you be looking at Tua, matt ryan or Jameis uh to kind of stream for this week what would you think well i didn't look at it from your perspective but i was like i was looking about mikey Again, shit quarterback situation. Yeah, I definitely. I, I, if I were him, I'd pick up Tua. I mean, like it's his first week back, and he produced pretty well. Right? Yeah, and again, it's not like the Falcons are like uh, all that good a defense either. So there's a, a pretty good uh, optimism there that he could put up a good week. I would agree with that. Yeah. Did you mention Bridgewater? Like I didn't yeah, mention Bridgewater. Bridgewater? He's, he's injured, isn't he? Um, I thought I heard yeah. something about him. Uh, like, I don't know if he left the game, but I think I oh, remember seeing a video of him, like, going yeah. to, like, a uh, press conference and was just limping. So I think he got hit 17 times or something in that game. Like, not yeah. sacked, but hit 17 times, uh, which is obscene. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not super into Teddy Bridgewater this week, if I'm being honest. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't even know that he was um he got hurt that bad. But yeah, he's he is listed as questionable in the limited practice. So yeah, definitely if that's the case, then I'd definitely go for Tua. Yeah, and then uh, then I, I think wide receiver uh, is another interesting position with some interesting waiver options. So if you uh, if you finally figure out uh, which of your tight ends you want to drop, uh, because there's no reason to carry two tight ends, uh, some of the wide receivers that are available. <laughs> You're still going on with that. Of course. It's a, it's a stupid thing to do, and I don't think uh, it's reasonable to do it. Uh, <laughs> tight ends, and you know that. I mean, I do. I know how much you love a tight end, a nice toy toy end, um, yeah. but frankly, I, I don't think it's necessary. But there's some interesting wide receivers out there. We've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, who scored a t couple touchdowns this past week, uh, but then otherwise... We also have guys like uh, Marquez Calloway, T.Y. Hilton, who's back from injury. Christian Kirk is still hanging out there. And for some reason, Urban Meyer seems to like the kick returner slash defensive back Jamal Agnew as a wide receiver. Uh, and he's been getting a decent amount of volume the past couple weeks. Uh, is there anyone there who would intrigue you? Anyone out of those list of guys there? Uh, which teams or which players in, or offenses do you think would be most intriguing to try and buy into? 
I'd probably invest in T.Y. Hilton. Just because of that, 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 uh, that pedigree? Just because he's got that history? He's got the history, but I mean, like, what's the point of picking up Kirk? I mean, like, Arizona's receiving core is already stacked up as it is. I think he's not going to get any anything out of that one. Um, Yeah, Callaway, I, I don't know much about him, to be honest, but, I mean, he's only had, like, but pretty impressive points against the uh, Red, Redskins. I was about to say Redskins. Cancelled. Oh. Hashtag cancelled. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, now, now, now Canadian Border Services is never going to hire you, Kimbert. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yes. Washington football team. <laughs> they need to pick but, a fucking uh, name. Uh, this is ridiculous. Just pick something. No, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I... I, I do hear you about Callaway having some intriguing potential there because it looks like uh, Thomas isn't going to be ready to come off PUP next week. That's what I think early reports are. So then Callaway still looks like he may be the the top receiving option out there, un- unless you want to consider Kamara the top receiving option. Although I don't even think I would at this point. Um, so I think yeah, Callaway would be an interesting flyer. I think because you know he just passed his by. Could be some interesting value there. He is listed as WR one. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, on the depth chart, maybe, but in actuality, it's it's hard. I mean, the Deontay Harris out there has been a really good deep ball option, where like he might, he's been like their Deshaun Jackson, where he may only catch two balls, but one of those balls will be like a seventy-yard touchdown or something like that. Yeah, good for Djax for having like a resurgence in his career. I love that. I do kind of love that the Rams have brought him in just to be like, fuck it, go run super fast. Maybe we'll throw the ball to you twice a game and let's see what fucking happens. I'm very here for that. Yeah, it's been working well for him. I mean, I don't know about fantasy wise, but it's been working well for him. Yeah, and the offense seems to be doing good too. And I mean, yeah, I love all love to Djax. I, I, I love a good showboater, and I feel like Deshaun Jackson is one of the. Uh, all-time great showboaters in the NFL. So much yeah, respect. Back, yeah, back when he was with uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we really know how to showboat. So, I mean, I hated it, but at the same time, you got to love it, right? And you know what? Speaking of showboating, this is a good time, I think, to transition into our final segment here, uh, looking at setting up some parting shots, talking some shit to the league, uh, laying down, uh, you know, your claim here. Uh, on the league here. Now, you're facing off against Chris this week. Uh, you know, the Chiefs having a pretty favorable matchup against the Tennessee Titans here. Uh, do you want to talk some shit to Chris, or do you want to talk some shit to the rest of the league here? You've got you've got the time. I don't know, man. I think I'm, like, I think I'm probably going to lose this week. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> that is not what the parting shot section is for. Well, I'm just being completely honest. Um, <laughs> uh, doesn't look good for me, but I mean, like you know, hopefully he does. I don't know. Hopefully, like light Zeus gets mad at uh, Patrick Mahomes and just throws a lightning bolt at him. But um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, a a I don't know what a, a sheepish parting shot section, Kimbert. You deserve to lose this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that said, okay, I hope Andre loses like always us. I think it Thank you. We I don't needed, have we enough, to get that in. Yeah, we we don't have enough Andre slander in this one cast, so 
There's never, there's never too much Andre slander, and if we're being honest, there is never enough. Um, so on that classic note, Kimbert, thanks for hopping on the pod this week. Uh, you've now at least given yourself a chance to make the playoffs by coming on the pod. Uh, I still am calling out Tony, Andre. Uh, I'm not going to call out Chris because Chris has always been game to come in the pod, and he's going to be on soon. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to promise Chris that. Uh, but really, I'm out here shouting out Tony and Andre. And I, I will say I've at least gotten word from Andre that he has expressed an interest in coming on the pod this year. Uh, so I think we're going to be able to make it happen. Tony, I need you to get on the on the line, man. We need to figure this out. We need to get you on here. So uh, here's hoping that we can get there. Well, Andre hasn't been on the podcast for like since we started, right? He's never been on the podcast. Yeah, either. exactly. So get get out of here and express an interest. He should just do it. But no, he's all before. He's always said, "I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it." And now this year, he's finally said, "Okay, if I if I can find a week where I'm not, you know, on shift or whatever, I'll see what we can do." Uh, so that that makes me at least a little bit hopeful. And you know, again, if Andre wants to make the playoffs, he needs to come on the podcast. Uh, I hope he gets the toilet bowl again. <laughs> I mean, I think that's going to be Mikey, but you know what? Uh, a Mikey and Andre race to the toilet bowl uh, would be a very fun thing to watch. 100%. Uh, so with that in mind, thanks again, Kimbert. Always a pleasure having a chance to chat with you. We'll be back here next week looking back at the results of week seven and then looking ahead to week eight. We're getting close, folks. It's almost time for contenders and pretenders. I'm getting excited, ready to go. Um, but until that time, everyone, keep crying.